chat. How are you doing? Welcome to the latest episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. Episode 140. Meets Meyer. He's a good friend of mine and uh, an amazing, incredible digital artist. Just an amazing artist all around. We had a great conversation. It was really fun catching up with him. I haven't talked to him in a long time. And we go back kind of a ways. But I've been meaning to have him on for a while now. So finally got him on and he was really a great guest. I think you'll enjoy this episode. There's some tool talk about his work with Tool and his work with Maynard, with Pussifer and uh, his work in the digital effects industry and all kinds of good stuff. So what's been happening with me over the last week? I've just been dealing with Doc, who is dying now. So that's just bumming me out, really making it hard for me to work. So I've been kind of slacking. I'm just having trouble focusing and, and um, getting things done because it's stressful to watch this dog that I love wither away he, he's he's got um a kind of cancer that is not treatable and it's not causing him discomfort which is the only good part but he just won't eat and uh he's just withering away so uh, he just gets skinnier and skinnier and but i mean he's drinking water and sleeping a lot and he gets up and wags his tail once in a while. He's not in pain or anything. So just been going through that whole thing has been shitty. Um, kind of taking it, taking everything over. But we have a vet that we are in contact with that will come out and put him down when the time comes. So that's a, that's a bit of a relief. So we're just kind of waiting and seeing when he gets to a point where it looks like, okay, we have to get him put down because he's still, you know, sleeping and take him, you know, walk him around a little bit, take him on car rides and stuff. So anyway, it's been not good here. So, um, but that's pretty much it. Uh, still trying to play catch up on all these old studies I pre-sold way back when. Framing these those black and white studies I did for October, shipping those out, just getting caught up on our orders and boring stuff like that, all the business stuff that needs to be done. Um, got a new sculpture in the works. Something uh, after the, seeing the, the uh, excitement around the one of the tool posters I did, called Alter Ego, this painting called Alter Ego for the, I think it was for the Pittsburgh show. I'm going to do a little sculpture of that. I started that when I was just sitting around, not able to work, just not feeling the energy. I picked up some clay and I started working on that. And that was something at least, but that's looking pretty cool. You could check it out on my Patreon. If you want to subscribe to patreon.com slash Chetzar. See, I snuck that plug in there. That was pretty clever of me. Okay, let's get on with new subscribers. We have 
new subscriber Madden Maiden M A D I N. Thank you for subscribing. And Ken Rains, who he he, he was on on here, and then maybe he canceled and started back up again. So thanks, Ken. That's Kenny Rains from uh, Facebook, and you may know him from Facebook. He's an artist as well. And I think he has a Patreon. Anyway, that's it. If you if you want to join the Dark Art Society podcast Patreon, just go to patreon.com slash darkartsociety and all of your money goes towards making this podcast happen. Okay, let's get on with the five questions so that I can get this all done and get it uploaded for Brian Kilgore, the amazing audio engineer who puts together the show for us. Okay, five questions. Eli Livingston, this is a pretty good one, actually. If you could redesign a subject or character for a reboot, which movie would it be? Hmm. Hmm, man. That's a tough one. I probably should have read through these and thought about it more. I don't know. My gut feeling tells me I'd love to do a Frankenstein in the style of the original Frankenstein. I don't know if you could improve that design, though. I don't think you can. And like I heard uh, Rick Baker on the Joe Rogan podcast the other day, which is pretty great if you haven't heard it. Uh, he said that Boris Karloff's face really had a lot to do with how great that makeup was. And I agree. Did you know that Boris Karloff took his, he had like a bridge and he took it out for the makeup so that his cheek was more sunken in? Make him look more corpse-like. It's true. Or at least that's what I heard. Okay, let's see. Uray Scott. You don't have to do this for the podcast. Oh, well, I already started. But you could tell me what your favorite medium for casting as far as like dragon skin, latex with hard mother mold or something else for sculptures in clay, oil or regular. Thank you. I, I use pretty much, ex lately I've been using exclusively dragon skin. 20, I think, for molds. Lee Shamel is kind enough to help me and do these molds for me because he's perfect, great at it. He does these amazing, perfect molds, and mine are always kind of half-assed. Um, so that those seem to be working really well. Cool thing about Dragon Skin is that it's a, a platinum cure silicone as opposed to a tin cure silicone. Tin cure, tin cure silicones, which are, I think, usually the blue silicone is uh, cheaper but they don't last as long and then platinum cure is supposed to be or more expensive but they last longer and they're a little more finicky um they have a tendency to react to oily surfaces or if you get any uh, contaminants on your sculpture it might not set up which is bad but that's how you know back when years ago when i was in the film industry that's kind of how things went but um Nowadays, I believe dragon skin is a platinum cure silicone that is not even that finicky. So it doesn't have the same, you don't have the same trouble with that one. So that's, and, and it's also 
barely more expensive than than tin cure silicones, I believe. So uh, for casting, uh, oh, and, and I usually do block molds for most things, unless it's you know stuff I'm doing small, so you just can set up, a, build a wall around it, make a block mold. Uh, clay, I like. It's either Chavant NSP medium or Monster Clay. I think medium softness. Or is it soft? Hmm. Whatever the the main monster clay is, like the the average monster clay, like the stuff they first came out with, I think it's soft actually. But I like that stuff a lot, especially if I'm doing clay pours where you have a mold and you melt the clay, pour it in, and then let it cool, pull it out, and then you sculpt on it some more to add to it to make a new mold. It's really perfect for for clay pours. Anyway, those are my two go to. And for casting, I use, for translucent casts, I use, uh, what's it called? Siltech from Silpak, S-I-L-P-A-K. And then the, the resin's called Siltech, S-I-L-T-E-C, I believe. And you could tint that with urethane tints. It's, a, it's like a translucent resin. You, you can uh, tint it with urethane tints, and you can get pretty much flesh-like qualities or translucent or, you know, you can make it look like jello or whatever. So, okay. Uh, Alan Smith, through your eyes, what living artist is doing the most interesting political art? You know, I don't see, and it's weird, but I don't really see any political art that's that interesting these days. I don't know why that is, or I might not be, you know, I just might not be seeing it, but I don't know. It seems like there's so much political everything that the need for political art is, I don't know, not as necessary as it once was, maybe. It's hard, hard not to, um, I don't know, be trite with political art these days. But some famous artist once said that all art is political. I kind of I think of that in a way. I'm not sure. I kind of I kind of feel like my art, I think dark art's kind of political, actually. Uh, I don't know. That's another discussion. Okay. Three down, two to go. What monster movie? Uh, Yoshinaka Kazuya Takai Mishima. What monster movie would you have liked to have worked on? That's another good question. You know what? Oh, what's the name of that movie? Oh, come on. Is it Cabin? No, is it Cabin in the Woods? Is that it? What's that one movie? I think it might. Wait a minute. Yeah. Is it Cabin in the Woods? Cabin in the Woods? Uh, yeah. I think that's it. If that's the one with all the monsters. Yes. Okay. I'm just double checking. Okay. Let me just look. Uh, yeah. That was the one where there's just 
all kinds of different monsters. I would have liked to have worked on that movie. That would have been cool. When I watched that movie, I was like, man, I wish I could have worked on that movie because it just had like every kind of cool monster in it. So there's one for you. Um, okay. Number five, let's pick a good one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I should have I should have picked these beforehand. Uh, okay, come on. Uh, oh, come on. Sorry. Hmm. Mm. Okay, I can't find a really great one, but I'll I'll pick one that is good. But I've answered it before. Eric Higley, what was your first drawing of? I think it was a turtle. I mean, that's my memory of it. The first drawing I can remember doing. How about that? I'm sure I did scribbles and stuff. Um, I remember being three years old, drawing a turtle. It was like the top view of a turtle. Just a big oval with some little legs and a head sticking out. And just as a follow-up, he asked, what's your oldest drawing that you have? So this is kind of technically number six, question number six. But I've got some, I've got a lot of old drawings from probably when I was nine years old. Going back to at least nine, eight. I actually was posting, when I first started my Patreon, I was posting a lot of old drawings that I found. Some weird collages I did, really weird. <laughs> like funny bizarre shit uh but you know it's it's what you'd expect it's hot rods maybe and um monsters cemeteries like frankenstein walking in a cemetery basically drawing my aurora monster model kits and stuff like that mummies and all that okay that's it sorry uh i know i'm low energy but you know, things are bumming me out, so I'll get over it, though. Okay, so let's get on with it. Episode 140 meets Meyer, the digital genius, fine artist. I can't say, you'll, you'll, I gush over him plenty in this episode, but I really mean it. He's, he's, when I first got into digital, he was the guy that I saw that was like, wow, this is what you can do as an artist, like a real artist. He's a real artist using um, digital technology to, to create things that are, you know, just very inspiring and pushing the limits. Anyway, that's it. I, have, I hope you like it. Episode 140. Here it goes. All right. What's up, Meats? What's up, Chet? Thank you so much for coming on. I so appreciate it. Oh, man. It's my huge, huge honor. Thank you. Oh, well, uh, I'm honored to have you on. You know, I've been, <clears throat> I've told you a million times what a huge fan I am of yours. I've been a fan of yours since like back when you were doing those weird videos. <laughs> I mean, what yeah, year was year. When was this? Yeah, it was. It was when I lived in Salt Lake, which was probably about 18 years ago, I started doing weird compositing digital sculpture stuff into like real filmed 
video. Yeah, it was amazing. Like I, I'd never seen anything like it. Like a person just on the internet making these weird kind of <laughs> pointless videos, not pointless. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like point, like oh, just, pointless. just like, like pointless in the way you make an art piece pointless. It was just like, <laughs> it didn't have a, a story or a narrative. It was like, check out this weird shit. And it's, and I remember seeing that one specifically that big, uh, it, it looked, it looked like a big, like devil head that was in your driveway mm -hmm. and the cat, I think walked by. Uh, and yeah. I remember I saw that and I was like, wow, what an amazing metal sculpture. I'm sure you've heard this before. And I, and then I was like, after I was watching it for a while, I was like, this can't be digital. There's no way this can be digital. And it just completely like, I'd never seen anything like it. Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. It was like kind of cutting edge, even for <laughs> movie stuff. Really. I thought, well, thanks a lot. Actually, it's kind of cool. One of my first big things that made me feel really good kind of happened with that is somebody online emailed me and said, hey, listen, I want to buy that sculpture. I kind of don't care what it costs. I want to purchase that. And I'm like, it doesn't exist. And they said, what do you mean it doesn't exist? I see it right there. Stop bullshitting me. I want to buy it. I'm like, dude, this is I had to explain the whole thing, and I'm not right. even sure if you believe me at the end. So it was like one of the biggest compliments I've ever had. No kidding. And it's like you couldn't even print that back then. You know what I no. mean? It's like nowadays, I don't even know nowadays. That's a crazy. Probably some way to do it, but yeah. Yeah, be a nightmare. Um, yeah, so anyway, I just remember you from way – I mean – what That's year right. what year was it when you started posting? Um around 95, 96, right. I think. Cuz I got when I going. Yeah, I think it was like late 90s. I was just getting into computer animation, like totally into <laughs> yeah. I was so into it back then. It was just like the idea of being able to make little movies, <clears throat> like short movies uh on my on my own without, you know, having to deal with anybody else in my computer. <laughs> I just completely yeah. got bitten by that bug. And for a few years, I was just totally into it. And you were one of the people that, that got me into it because it was like, wow, man, if, That's this, amazing. if this guy can do this stuff. <laughs> and it was, it yeah, was, it was just a, basically a moron in my basement. I didn't even know anybody <laughs> else that did that kind of stuff. So I just so thought, wow, well, you can do this. Yeah, that's that's crazy. All right. Anyway, before we get into all, all that stuff, um, tell people about your your background, like. What, what's your art mm. background? You know, where'd you grow up and all that? And what, what what's the story behind your name? Because I know you told me and I forgot it already. Yeah. So, I mean, you told me years ago and I forgot it. So, yeah, it's. A, I wish it was more of an exciting story. But <laughs> basically, there was a restaurant right across from my high school called Myers Meats. Okay. And my last name, it was spelled exactly like my name, Meyer. So my friends started, hey, Myers Meats, what's up, Myers Meats? And so I started just signing my artwork as meets oh. and uh, and then yeah when i moved away to la i just became meets it's like when you move to a different place nobody knows you you can become whoever you want to be right and so i kind of reform myself into this meets guy and <laughs> kind of funny, it's like when I'm, I'm the skinny bald nerd guy with glasses and every time people meet me or not every time but a lot of times that they've never seen me before like oh man i thought you were gonna be this huge german angry german guy <laughs> So, but no, <laughs> but it, it's kind of cool. I mean, just the name has kind of helped me stand out a mm -hmm. little bit, you know, instead of having just a standard name. And I'm, you know, same thing. You got a cool name too, Chesar. It's a yeah, badass name. I just got lucky. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had to do it myself. My real name's James. Oh, so, no way. But it's never, yeah, it's never been a secret. I mean, it's, I, I'm not like, no, that's me, man. It's so, 
It's my art name, my non de plume. It's perfect. But I go by it everywhere. In fact, my bank even allows checks to come through because I get a lot of checks through freelance that, you know, they don't know and they write meets. Oh, and wow. I had to take a bunch of like magazines with my name on the cover and all sorts of stuff with my picture on it. And they, they, <laughs> you know, so I've been connected with Bank of America since then because I don't want to have to go through that again. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of amazing. It's perfect. It's, it's a perfect, mm -hmm. perfect name. So. Just perfect. It's perfect for you. That's all <laughs> yeah. I can say. Uh, <laughs> my, my, dad, my dad at one point said, yeah, everyone's telling me I didn't know you had a Sunday meets. And he's like, yeah, I didn't either. It's <laughs> only world. <laughs> so you're from utah right yeah i'm salt lake city born and bred wow and yeah i grew up in like a mormon household um oh really? i never yeah yeah strangely enough i never really believed it i was you know it was obviously a completely um mormon neighborhood everything everything was mormon right. basically growing up but still i was like ah so really you think that really happened is magic stuff no it seems like all that like praying stuff is more like an internal thing where mm -hmm. you think about, you work it out in your head that's what the prayer does to you and then that's why things get solved but and i had these conversations with my parents until i was about 12 or so and they they finally said okay you don't have to go anymore oh. and it was like oh i was like thank you thank you and that's you cool know, of them you don't get yeah, a lot of that for you hear a lot of horror stories about Mormon families, uh, kind yeah. of, uh, I forget what they call it, where you cast out your family member. Oh, There's some term yeah, for it. Yeah, that's pretty hardcore. I think that's more like in the polygamous sect, the, uh, the offshoot of the Mormon church. Like the, yeah, the um, super conservative. But, I mean, I'm, I wouldn't doubt if it happens. I mean, it's a lot of, like, if people in the church, it seemed like they judge each other on how, like how holy their family was. Right. And if your kids didn't go on a mission when they're 19, people kind of looked at you like, Oh, it looks like the devils invaded this one and <laughs> a little bit and all that. But wow. that's, I don't want to bang on the Mormon church too much. I mean, there's a lot of good people in it and all that kind of stuff. I just it's, never personally felt like it was true in any kind of way. Right. Yeah. No, it's surprising. But, there's a lot of people and a lot of people, I know that we're kind of raised Mormon and they're just like regular dudes, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, you wouldn't know it if they're just you oh, know, yeah. kind of like, uh, you know, I, I just, I know Ryan Peterson yeah. is from uh, Utah. I don't know that yeah. he was, if he was raised Mormon or not, but he's like totally from salt. I think he's from Salt Lake and he's just, yeah, I met him there. The coolest dude ever, you know, really oh, chill. Yeah. And the most talented dudes oh, ever. Oh man, Ama amazing sculptor. I got to get him on the podcast. He's amazing. Yeah, you should. You should. I had a little gallery at one point and I invited him to show his stuff. I mean, it was just a piece of crap little thing that I kind of threw together, but he was nice enough to put one of his pieces in there. Yeah, so, he, he's such a good cool, dude. such a cool guy. Um, <clears throat> so you, so that, so you never had to do any of that, that, mission stuff or go to go to people's doors or anything? no it's Luckily. they they cut me off the hook when i was still <laughs> super super young and they kind of had no choice because i was a rebel a maniac you know they had five kids right and half of them were out of control and so they're just kind of threw their arms up and like okay we're not gonna be able to enjoy this as long as we have this maniac that's complaining about it the whole entire time <laughs> that's smart they did it for themselves as well as they did it for me so yeah yeah right that's that's you know says a lot about him. I think you know that's, mm -hmm. cool. that's cool. I actually I um, attribute the Mormon Church for um, my ability to draw really, really because I was so incredibly bored 
you would go there and sit and they would drone on and on. And, they, you know, some like 90 year old guy would kind of take 10 minutes to get up to the top of the thing and start talking to the microphone. Like, ladies and gentlemen, or brothers and sisters, you know, just everything just drawn out. I was just bored as hell. And so my brother and I would take the back sheet of the hymn stuff. That <laughs> we would fill up that thing every single Sunday. And that's We would draw pictures of people around us and like make fun of them. Oh and laugh my God. Adam and, <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> I wish I had some of that stuff. There were some classics. I even kind of laugh <laughs> even now kind of thinking about some of the things we did and make up names for people and all that jazz. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. I, I had, I shaved my head into a Mohawk and I would I'd be sitting there and I had it like all the way up, like full rooster style like when I was 13 or so. Uh-huh. And, um, probably did it just to kind of anger my parents as well. Cause that's you know, why, all that's I, why you do I that say, stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I would be sitting there, like we we're sitting like in the middle, and I'd look to the right, and I'd see the whole congregation hurry and turn back, snap their head forward. <laughs> I'd turn left, and I'd see the whole congregation snap their head forward, like ping pong game back and forth. Like, oh, look at the devil. We got the devil with us. <laughs> what Evil a sense kid. of what's a sense of empowerment. <laughs> yeah, you know, they were probably pretty, pretty stoked. I'm sure once I stopped going. Yeah. How, how, um, how, how is it like in the, just in general growing up there as a, as a person in Utah? I loved it. Yeah. Man, I mean, Ryan, Ryan loves really, it too, man. He still lives there. He loves oh, Utah. Man. I would possibly if there was more, um, opportunity as far as like the digital stuff, mm-hmm. you know, there's a few places here and there, but not like LA where I can work anywhere. But yeah, yeah Utah's amazing for like, if you like any kind of outdoor stuff, that's right. there. You, it's like top of the world, like yeah. snowboarding, which was super hard for me to leave. And you know, all the hiking in Southern Utah and all that stuff. And the mountains are just gorgeous. Yeah. I do miss that. part. But. Yeah, it is beautiful. I, I went there. Um, I talked about it on an old podcast. We, we worked in this movie called sundown. It's really crappy mm. vampire movie. <laughs> Terrible. And uh, we got to be vampires in it because we were on set in Moab, Moab, Utah. And they shot us in a cave, <laughs> like a bunch of vampires waking up. So we did makeup on ourselves. And we're, wow. lay- we're laying in this cave covered with d- dried deer shit, like covered. <laughs> like the whole floor oh, wow. was deer shit. Yikes. It's like you couldn't avoid it. You had to lay on it. It was like gravel but it was the deer shit (laughs) so there's so actually there's a shot of my uh my wife lisa and i like kind of like waking up like we're vampires Ah, coming up it's pretty cool (laughs) and you really were that the yeah was actual truth yeah there was (laughs) no acting involved no yeah it was that was anguish from laying in deer shit all all morning or whatever (laughs) but yeah we but they i think they shot that whole movie out there it's amazing Mm. god amazing uh landscapes and it's just incredible oh, beautiful yeah so you you were the uh i assume you were the art kid in school yeah exactly it's you know all the teachers always had me design all the billboards and stuff like the, yep. there's a few there was a teacher that like really kind of saw my my art um love of art and so they had me design all the stuff that all the kids would see you know like once a month we'd change it and mm-hmm. i was got a little bit of cachet from that you know walking a little bit proud like <laughs> yeah. yes that up there that's mine <laughs> i did that i know <laughs> i remember my my uh teachers like letting me probably in first, second, third grade around there, letting me um, every year for the Halloween festival, letting me leave the classroom 
while all the, all the other kids had to do their work and I got to paint a poster out in the back for the Halloween uh-huh. festival. <laughs> I got to paint like a big <laughs> graveyard scene with monsters and poster paint while all the other kids were, were working on, on, uh, <laughs> on their studies. Yeah. And it was just like the best, the best yeah. feeling. And then, you, then the rest of the school time is like, here's some math, you know, questions I'm like math. I, I'm a, I'm an artist. Right. I'm going to be an artist. You didn't know that, you know, so I barely, barely graduated even high school and didn't go on any further from there. So you, just cause I knew what I knew from the second I was born almost that I knew what I wanted to be. Right. Me too. Exactly. Exactly. So weird. Yeah. It's a trip. So you're, you, that's interesting. You're not a, a good at math. No, not, not even a little bit. That's or nor do I even try to. Yeah, that's amazing though, because the stuff you do looks so mathematical. Yeah, luckily the computer, my friend, the computer can figure all that <laughs> out for me. I just tell him what to do, and he helps out. Did you ever learn any like? You never learned any to try, you know, any any like? Uh, I don't know, because when I was learning Lightwave, there was a period where there was this, these things. I'm sure you're, you're familiar, and it's a mathematical thing called expressions. Like if you wanted gears to turn yeah. and be, mm-hmm. and, and it's like you could write your own expressions. And for a minute there, and I was terrible at math too, but a minute there, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to try and see if I can figure this out. And it was just like, <laughs> no fucking way. No way. It's never going to happen for me. I just have to accept that. So Yeah. Well, it's the same thing with me. I have done a bunch of stuff like that. I kind of learned basic programming when I was pretty young. Oh, really? My dad computers just because it's even now it's like the learning really never never stops if you know if you're into oh, yeah. you know computer graphics like then Absolutely. a week later there's a new update that you have to figure out how to install and use and change and then whole new whole new way of doing something a new program will come out and change it yep. or industry you got to learn that whole thing so it's almost just constant learning and figuring shit out you know it's like, i just i'm sick of learning i just want to just <laughs> <laughs> I just want to get on cruise control. It's like, oh, I know everything. Okay, let's let's do this. Right. I'll, uh, yeah. Thing. I remember. Uh, I think I just said this recently on a podcast too. Um, when I was doing my D- Disturb the Normal DVD, maybe I was telling it to a mm-hmm. Skype person, uh, a mentorship I was doing for my Patreon. But um, I felt like every every day, like I really, I knew the program, like the basics of of Lightwave. And that was what I was t- learned on. So that's, that's what I used. And every day when I was doing this disturb the normal, uh, the, the tool animations and stuff every day, my, it's not like my head hurt, but it felt like, Oh my God, my brain must've just grown another inch or the full oh, yeah. got a little deeper. Like I just felt drained cause I had learned so much and it was kind of cool, yeah. a cool feeling, but it was also like exhausting. You mm-hmm. know? Cause that it, stuff is, that's your brain deleting all of like the extra stuff, like your childhood friends and things like that. It, it <laughs> right. kind of painful as it's like, okay, you got too much. Let's cut out some fluff. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's amazing. It was, it was uh, amazing. And I still, man, I, I just, I, I do kind of regret that I haven't gotten back into it. Cause after I made that DVD, I, I did the t- tool animations and I'm like, Hey, I'm going to do some, take some of those animations that I let them use for their live show and then do some new ones because the idea was looping. They would just loop before, you know, yeah. looping animations is no big deal nowadays. But back then, nobody was doing like That's, looping animations yeah. that you could just like put on your TV. And then your TV, the idea was your TV would become the the painting, the picture frame. <laughs> and then you could just have this thing looping. And yeah. um, so I uh, uh, 
after I did that though, it was like, I was in a, my cellar for, I don't know how many months and I did all the audio and I did everything. Mm. And it was like, after that, I was like, Oh, I got to paint. And then I just started, <laughs> started painting to like, get all that. To well, just the, to- the world world is better off that you kept painting. But at the same time, I keep wanting to show you what the oh, state of the art is now. I know. I like gotta- all that stuff. Used to, used to make something and render it. And like maybe two days later, you might see it and right. hope that it all worked out. Now it's become all real time. All the, yeah, I, I see the stuff. You, everything's real time. Yeah, the stuff you're posting now, it's like I can't even believe it because it's like it's you're moving it and it's rendered, right? It's like it <laughs> renders right yeah. away. It's, it's like, like as yeah. you move it around, it's and it's like obviously so much easier to actually work with it like that because you can see the result right as you do it. Whereas before, like especially back in the day when you were doing that, it was really kind of like throwing darts at a dartboard and hoping yeah. that it. You know, 90% of the time it didn't, so you did it differently or change and adjust, and it's kind of a crapshoot. Yeah. But now what you see is what you get, and I have been waiting about 18 years for that. It's not <laughs> quite there yet. On the, it's on the definite oh, time yeah. is now. For me, it would probably be like a miracle because I'm, go, I'm, I'm like t- t- <laughs> early 2000 technology. That's mm-hmm. kind of when I stopped. Oh, yeah. thing is with me, too, it's a miracle for me every time I see it, it even still. Really? You know, so I'm just blown away every single day mm-hmm. of what it can do. Yeah, I, I uh, oh, oh, had a uh, uh, fuck. I had a good point. I was gonna tell you, and I completely lost it. Mm, oh, I know. Do you know Elliot Warman? No. Okay, he's the guy that taught me Lightwave. He was working at Alterian Studios in ninety five, ninety six. He was a Lightwave guy who'd worked on Babylon Five, I think. Mm. Remember yeah, that show? That stuff, yeah. And he was telling the first time the. Like the kind of home computer graphics were starting to be right, shown. right, and he he set up like with a big server farm, and it was like the mm-hmm. servers got what was it sixty four gigs? Whoa, wait, sixty four <laughs> gigs of storage, and that was like whoa, that's, <laughs> that's like a day. I could fill that up in a day now. I know. <laughs> and he was telling me how even then the technology had advanced so much that back on Babylon Five they would have to they would set one frame to render to look to check their work. And mm-hmm. they would go to lunch for two hours and then come back. They had to wait like two hours to render a single frame. How yeah, do you work like that? Th- that's actually kind of the big bummer about this real time stuff is back in, you know, for a long time, it's like, okay, we hit render. Your computer is working at 100%, smoke's coming out of it. Do not touch that computer. Right. So you have to go outside and do some hacky sack, you yeah. go hit, have a smoke, whatever you had to, you know. Yeah. But now it's like, oh, it's, it's real time. I guess I'm still working. Right. I gotta. There's, there's no break now, so it's kind of a pisser. That's interesting. I never thought of that. <laughs> um, okay. So anyway, I, I want to get your your background out of the way so we can talk about all this cool yeah. shit. But so you you um you didn't go to college. You just kind of no. Uh, right. Basically, it was pretty rad because right out of high school, I got a job at a printing place, mm-hmm. and so they. Uh, Part of the perk there is you could print your own T-shirts. Oh, and so cool. it's like, ah, oh, I'm in heaven. You know, it's like after work every day, you can choose all the shirts you want and make your stuff. And I made this uh, um, shirt um, called the White Boy. Mm-hmm. And so um, the White Boy shirt actually got pretty popular around Salt Lake. And it was like right out of, out of high school. What and was it? it? It was called White Boy. And it was a bunch of weird designs, mainly with like a W and kind of some... 
uh, I don't know. So it's weird shit. I'll have to post some stuff at one time. But it's a lot of it was, but it was called the subtitle was um, Desertware. So okay. it's like kind of skulls and things like that. Oh, cool. And um, I never um, like uh, made it my mark or anything like that. So eventually Eminem actually took that and um, he went and registered it and all that kind of stuff. And now he owns the white boy. Oh, really? And He's made millions off that too, so I'm a dummy. But <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't even know about any kind of trademark or registration or anything like right. at the point. Wow. Yeah. So basically, after I was doing that, um, I started airbrushing really hardcore. My dad brought me an airbrush. And what kind? I just what kind did he get you? What was the first one? Um, it was a Pache or whatever they're yeah. called. Was it single awesome. single action or double action? No, double action, man. Yep. No single action here so i I did that i I was like my big thing was airbrush and i I probably did 200 airbrush pieces and um i got basically i started doing airbrush um stuff um illustrations for bands like in Mm -hmm. salt lake and more or less kind of that's what really started me off as i did um this design that became kind of iconic for like salt lake i saw it everywhere it was this the band called one eye a bunch of my friends were in the band and it was this guy kind of holding this big eyeball up to his eye mm-hmm. this big huge eyeball holding it up and I, like i there was a time <clears throat> where i went to like a bar and somebody had drawn a picture of it for, they drew a picture their interpretation of it and put it on a frame wow. on the wall at the bar. <laughs> but at that point i was like you know i was still like probably 19 or something i was like holy shit yeah. like this this is crazy i'm 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 good to go i'm famous here like this guy <laughs> and you know it's actually that's how it started the airbrushing started out everything for me because um the band one eye that had that i was doing all this artwork for they went were playing at this bar the bar and grill in salt lake downtown and so they had all my artwork around there and the guy that owned the bar happened to be starting up a video game company chris johnson he started beyond games there and he had seen my artwork for the airbrush stuff and um i got a call one day i was printing shirts kind of having a bad day or something it's like oh you got a call in the office or whatever like well that's weird and i went in there it's like the guy just said hey is this uh meets i'm like yeah he's like how how would you like to design video games and i said yes let's do this (laughs) i went quit i walked straight from the phone call went and quit right then and then like (laughs) later i was starting to design video games Holy shit. So, <laughs> it was crazy. Weirdest thing. <laughs> I didn't deserve it, but I mean, at the same time, I mean, he got lucky because I, I picked that stuff up. I mean, real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like right as um, video games were turning to 3D. So it was like right at the cusp. There was wow. games like Virtual Fighter coming out that were these really blocky characters. They're like, well, that's 3D. The camera's moving around this stuff and it's going in and out. Right. And so we designed this game called Ultra Vortec. For the Atari Link, or not the Lynx, they did the Lynx before that, the Battle Wheels, but we did the Atari Jaguar, which is like the 64-bit system, all this stuff, and that we rendered out some stuff and made basically uh, a fighting game kind of clone, wow, kind of a thing. But it was really cool. I mean, at least I, at least I thought so at the time. But I, yeah. 
I was able to like buy a house from like the royalties from that. Holy like, shit! That <laughs> <laughs> wow. What what kind of stuff were you were you doing? Were you just designing two D works, or did they put you into doing three D, or what? What? A little both. Um, they had this guy that was doing the characters, and he was the first three D artist that I've ever met. Hmm. And he was one of those kind of guys that did wouldn't tell me anything at all. Like he had this gig where he kind of knew how to make these characters and render them out. You know, by today's standard, it was something like I could have made that whole game in a day kind of right. thing. But like at the time, he was like, no, I'm not like, I, like hey, oh, wow, you do 3D too. Like, what? how do you do this? Um, he wouldn't he wouldn't tell me. Is he nothing. still is that guy still working? I don't I was actually thinking about him. <laughs> I'm curious about what happened to him, but I don't even remember his name. Thank goodness. Yeah. So I don't <laughs> smirch it at this point. But So, I mean, he kind of had to be like that. Like, this guy was getting a gig, you know, for doing something that nobody else knew how to do. So, you want to kind of protect that. And I get it. But um, before that, I'd never even met anybody that did it. Mm -hmm. And they they sent me to, like, SIGGRAPH and said, okay, pick a software. And so, I sat through all the presentations and stuff like that. And I I ended up choosing the early version of Maya before it became Maya. There was like two two softwares back in the day that kind of joined together, became Maya, and um, yeah, kind of the rest is history on that stuff. That was smart because Maya ended up, you know, Maya still yeah, kind of the leader, right? It's like the main one that. Yes, yeah, so I mean, they're they're that's kind of a long story where they're it's I think it's their almost their downfall now because basically this company called Autodesk came around and bought every single three oh, D right. package yep. and then kind of sat on it. You know, they didn't, there was the, if it wasn't for other companies coming out, like it would be almost the exact same program as it was 10 years ago, you know, because they kind of had to like, like programs like ZBrush and all these other things were coming out and like kind of changing the paradigm. And uh, Maya is like this huge ship that it's really hard for it to turn. Right. And it's, yeah, but they they bought all these 3D programs and kind of just let them languish, you know, it's like we're buying up all the competition. And here, here's your stuff. We don't have to really even work that hard because what else are you going to do? Right. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and so, that yeah. And, and now, yeah, at this point, it's there's other programs that are free that come out that are doing almost as much as they are. There's a program called Blender. That Blender you can is down- that good? Blender now, yes. It's taken like 10, 10 years, but right. people are leaving Maya to um, start using Blender like crazy. Wow. Like once it came out, it was, it was pretty wild. Like for the last like five years, I've been spending at least $1,600 a year to use Maya. Mm-hmm. They have like a subscription service. Right. And Blender package came out and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm going to like, screw that. I'm sick of paying that because it's never that great. <laughs> um, and so um, I was thinking I was going to leave it. And then I got an email like from generally from Maya saying, hey, now it's $250 for a year because of that program came out and they knew all these independent artists were going to leave like that. Right. So oh, it was kind of beautiful. And so they, they can kind of see the writings on the wall. They're either going to have to be way cheaper or get better. So, right. but yeah, I've been using kind of the same program for like 17 years. Amazing. God, like- yeah. That's that. I, 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 I so wish I had that skill. I wish I could just do like a, ma- oh, a matrix and plug in and just know everything yeah, without all the work. I would, I would put in the Chet Zar program <laughs> and get some of the painting knowledge as well. Oh, thanks. That's my regret is not going more into like traditional stuff. It's just I'm so, so packed with the digital all yeah, the time. But I don't know. I think it's, I think it's, uh, you've definitely, you've got your own niche there. You know, it's really, 
you know, grass is always greener. It's like, you know, it's grass uh, is always greener. It's like, you can't do everything. Still, uh, you know, I wish something beautiful about a painting with varnish and the nice light on it. Just, yeah, uh, it, it is. It's cool. But man, it's so cool. The stuff that I see you post on Facebook, like this <laughs> VR stuff and this 3d mm. stuff, it's just like, yeah. it's so it the future. Here's the one thing. Painting is like kind of the past, you know, it's like this, Mm. You know, it's not like it's it's just like this old tradition and it's like I'm into it. I love it. And I, and I think there's always going to be a pre- place for it. But, mm. you know, VR and all this stuff is so the future. You know, it is. It's it's happening. It pretty much is. I mean, it's there is really nothing comparable to making a sculpture and then being able to stand next to it and right. walk around it in VR. Yeah, I mean, it's like. I can make make a 3D thing and then be able to stand next to it within like five minutes. It's like a button going to VR. I put on the thing and okay, there it is. You know, <laughs> scale it up and you know go down. Like now, I'm, there's sculpting programs in VR where right. you, you know maneuver and manipulate. That's the thing I keep trying to get you to come over and check out. Oh, I know. Someday, someday I'm going to get you over. Yeah. See, you know, it's a, I'm not very good at it or anything, but you can just kind of see like where, where it is. It's right. kind of cool. Yeah, you're you're. Um... You're in downtown, right? I always see your videos. Like, it's funny because I, I always, it's one regret I had. Speaking of regrets, is never having a loft in downtown LA. It's like when I was 19, I almost got into a loft back when it was like super shitty and like really crappy in downtown. And, um, and I didn't do it. I wanted to live that art artist life in a loft in the heart of yeah. downtown. And it's like, I see all your videos where you're like riding around on that little thing, whatever that thing is you have with your 3d camera. And I'm like, man, he's living the life. He's living yeah, that artist yeah. life. I, I kind of had a, a bucket list to live in like a tall building. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we got like all glass windows up and down and we're moving out soon just cause I, we kind of didn't like it like too, oh, too really? exposed. Yeah. That kind of thing. But when I first moved down to downtown LA, it was about 12 years ago. We moved. I moved straight into the um, Skid Row area, oh, but I had shit. a sick old loft where I was able to drive my motorcycle into the to the lift, drive it up into my loft, and pull you know in. <laughs> really? So I, I just, just coming from Salt Lake, you know. It's I, I felt like I was like the most urban dude in town. You know, yeah. I had to like get past the zombies and all that kind of shit to get out. But. <laughs> It, it is like that, man. History. It's like it's yeah. like a fucking, it is. Even today, it's like that. Yeah, I've uh, Nathan Cartwright from the mm-hmm. Hive. You know, one time I was driving with him, and I was like, "Take." We were driving in L.A. I was like, "Take me, take me down the worst street you can think of." Mm. I just want to drive through it, and it was <laughs> it was Skid Row. Mm-hmm. It was this one street. I forget what street it was, but it was like the it was like maybe San Pedro Street or. Yeah, that's it, all in that area. And it was just this one stretch. It was a block, and it was like all of a sudden you're 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 in downtown LA, and then all of a sudden you're in like a zombie apocalypse world yeah. where there's fires yeah. and trash cans, people <laughs> oh, are yeah. walking back and forth, like stumbling around. It was just like being in a fucking zombie movie. It was For so sure. freaky. It yeah, they're me like out, change oh. instead of brains, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> But what I always said, though, like when I lived right, right in the heart of that stuff, I would rather live next to those guys than a, a few gangster dudes. You know what I mean? Like the, those people are like people that are down on their oh, luck. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. You know, they're sad. And, yeah. You know, they're you know, at the b- very bottom of, you know, society. Um, they they didn't 
I never had any danger come to me, but except for a few times where there's gangsters down there that kind of control the drug trade that people oh, come yeah, down. Yeah. And um, I had a few run-ins with those guys, and that's way sketchier. It's like there was times, it's kind of funny, it reminds me, we used to go up on the roof and we were overlooking like one of the more like major drug sections where people would come and pull up and do their drugs. Mm-hmm. And I had a red laser and I would go up there and I would put the <laughs> laser on the forehead when they stopped. And people were like, whoa, someone's going to shoot you. And they'd peel out and like, stop. <laughs> like a kind of a superhero that was like uh, taking, you know, like, scaring people off from doing, doing the drugs. And, like, people were peeing on walls and I'd do the laser like in circles around them. And, <laughs> I would laser the end of their crack pipe when they're taking a hit. You know, it's just good times. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. Oh man, that's classic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, that's good, 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 uh, good uses of a of a laser pen. Uh, <laughs> like the laser laser pen superhero guy it's amazing Super laser. <laughs> okay so uh all right so you uh you worked on on for that this video game game company and did the, the company like become a big company while you were there or how did that work no, you know not really they, they've broken off and they've done they're super successful now doing this thing called animal jam but mm-hmm. uh no it's eventually after a while i'm like Okay, I gotta see what's out there. It's like right around that time was all of a sudden a huge gold gold rush right. for CG artists. Yeah. More or less, you could head to California and get a job if you knew how to turn a computer on. Yeah, at what, that point, what year is this? You think this is probably around ninety six or so? Yeah, ninety seven. It was like when right before Toy Story one came out. Uh-huh. Toy Story one was like the first thing that I could go. That's what I do. Because right. it's like, what do you do? I'm a three D artist. Oh, it's like all dimensional. I'm like, no, it's on. <laughs> And so that was like a point to that. It's like, that's the kind of thing I do. Right. You know, it was like the big movie that was like that. But so I knew there was this big gold rush coming on. It's like a, a I heard a few of friends, kind of sub friends that I knew just went out there and I heard good stories like, yeah, you can make all this money. You just like you, you just go in there and say, yeah, I'm a computer artist. And because there was no schools back then that right. taught anything at all. The only people that knew it were people that were geeks, yeah. you know, and like and even non-artists for the most part. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I figured like me being, you know, have a little bit of artistic, um, whatever it is and mixed with knowing how to use it, I'd do pretty well. Right. And so I made a demo reel and that year at SIGGRAPH, I dropped it in a couple of places. It was like 97, I think. And, um, or maybe it was closer to 2000 when I did this, I forget. But anyway, I dropped it off and then I, um, went home and that demo reel, um, got me like four or five interviews like in um, LA and San Francisco wow. and ILM who was in the process of doing the, their, their sequels, the ones with Jar Jar and all that. Mm-hmm. It's like I, on the second one, they offered me a job like straight up to be part of their um, team then. But um, I hated the prequels. Like I was pissed <laughs> off at Jar Jar. Like, nah, I don't, like this sounds cool. It's like if I if I didn't see these movies before, you know, I probably would be all stoked on it. Like Star Wars is <laughs> huge, and so um, I turned them down and ended up getting a job at the orphanage. Who oh, um, wow. the was a company that broke off from ILM. Oh right. So they had best. They put all like their best and brightest into like this little team that could start like you know, doing stuff on their own because like they had a computer. It's like instead of like usual ILM like. I'm the nose hair guy. I'm the eyelash guy. Right. 
this guy does the you know builds the main thing you know it's like very compartmentalized yeah. all the way through and so they they found these guys that were super good at what they do and um they're like called the orphans or whatever mm-hmm. and so they took off and made this other company called the orphanage and those guys were super cool and i ended up agreeing to work with them they brought me out to la so i took you know loaded up all my truck and drove to la by myself I cried a little bit on the way out and it was like salt lake has this i guess kind of a glass dome around it where nobody leaves it's, it's really hard like if you grew up in salt lake like most of my friends that grew up in salt lake they're still there that's like and san pedro's really, like that too yeah it's weird it's like yeah. it's i struggled and i broke through that the glass wall wherever it is that holds people in and, you know, I've shed a few tears and headed to um, San Francisco and worked with them for a while. And my first movie that I worked on was Hellboy. And so I know you worked on that, too. No so way. I guess that's kind of where we both were yeah. kind of connected in a kind of a not actual connection. But yeah, we worked yeah. I know we both have credits in that movie. What a trip. And uh, yeah, so I started working on that. Like, so my main thing I worked on that was that hellhole at the beginning, like that swirling blue thing oh, that Hellboy yeah. came of. Um, so that was cool. I worked on a bunch of stuff, but it's like those guys were working us Monday through Sunday, and they're giving us breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And so basically, I my first time in San Francisco, living in San Francisco, I lived right in the hate across from the park. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, San Francisco. And, but I never, <laughs> I was there like a year and a half, and I was probably out like four times or something. <laughs> fuck, this, fuck this shit. Like, this is not like my jam. <laughs> and so, yeah, I started trying to do something else. I ended up teaching and all that. Oh, right. Yeah. So is that when you uh, got hooked up with Nomon? Yeah, pretty close. I actually first went to this um, this school in Copenhagen called Trumax, and they put me up there for like three months. Oh, wow. And I was there, and um, I was at Trumax working, and I, incidentally, I was at Trumax when I got the cover for Maya, like the, that, the program that we were talking about. Right. They called me, hey, do you want to do the cover for this thing? Amazing. And I only had a little laptop at the time <laughs> and a fold-out desk. So late at night for like two weeks, I sat there and did the cover for Maya, which kind of became my whole, like my, you know, whatever, like everyone know, knew me from that because when I, once I did the cover, there was like a little splash screen that came up with my artwork on it. And at the time it took like two minutes for that program to open. <laughs> so every single person that used Maya had to look at my artwork. It was by law, you had to sit and stare at my artwork for like two two minutes. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I, was like, I just felt so bad at the time. I started like, telling people how to like switch it out. I figured out how they can switch it with their own image. And <laughs> I'm like, so sorry about that, man. But <laughs> that was like my kind of my claim to fame at the time. Like the same people, they made me a Maya master, which I definitely was not. You probably could have gotten a free computer out of it. If you would have said, I'll do the cover, just send me a computer because I only have a Possibly. laptop. I mean, they paid me 13000 for that, which at the time I was pretty stoked on. Wow. But <laughs> at, at the time, um, to use Maya legally, you had to have an Octane computer, which was about $35,000. Right. I remember that. Maya itself was about 20000 So to even to use it legally, I would have to have like, coughed up like $50,000. Right. You know, so that 13000 was well under that. So. Yeah, right. That's crazy. Yeah, I, yeah. Me- I remember that those uh, 
SGI, SGI, mm -hmm. is that what they're called? It's the only thing that you could have done. And the, the stuff that um, I did and was putting online, I was using, it was a very, it was like Maya One came out. And the, at the time it was a 200 megahertz Pentium Pro that I started using Maya on. With <laughs> I remember Pentium like Pro. 8 gigs of RAM, maybe four, I forget what it was, but it was a challenge. Yeah. Like, um, Shit, come I, along. I remember those computers at, at Altarian were, they had, it wasn't even gigs of RAM. I don't think it was not like, at first. No, it was, it was, it was crazy. It was ridiculous. Well, but. Bill, Bill Gates had like some famous quote, like early on, he's like, there's no way anybody's ever going to use more than 64 K, which is like half the size of like a JPEG now. I mean, yeah, right. that. So <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> Turned out not to be quite true. Yeah. That's hilarious. I bet how much how much uh, RAM do you have in your current current computer that you work on? I just, I build all my computers. I, I put in sixty four. I mean, I could get one twenty eight, but I found that sixty four is totally fine for everything. You know, as long as I don't have like nineteen programs open and wow. sixty four. <laughs> yeah. A mere sixty four. It's crazy, man. Yeah, I'm yeah. so jealous of your computer. I always see pictures of it. It's so <laughs> cool looking. It's like. It's crazy. <laughs> it's just so, I love that. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. If you're going to spend all that time at a computer, it might as well be like a oh. an art object itself. Yeah. You know what I mean? it, it's really cool with the computer stuff is that like back in the day, it was so hard to build. Like you had to have all these screwdrivers to get behind stuff and pull yeah. stuff out. Now it's like Legos more or less. It's just like clicking, only click in a certain way. You know, it's like a little press it somewhere right. and it comes out. And it just like Windows 10 figures out every possible thing. Really? Now you just have to all these drivers and yeah. like you just put it in like it's done it's like people don't understand like how crazy easy it is to build a computer and it's it usually saves you like two or three thousand dollars off the computer to, yeah to yeah do. yeah uh, I, I built like i think i don't know two or three computers i, I bought mm -hmm. a book and then i bought all the parts individually mm -hmm. and i did it and it was i i did i used the computer the the main one for you know the, all that disturb the normal stuff and used it for a long time, but there was a lot of, I don't know. There was like that heat, there was stuff, the heat sink gel thing you had to like put oh, on yeah, the yeah. processor. And it, there was a lot of like finicky weird shit that you had to deal oh, yeah. with and then yeah, getting it to work right. Work yeah. And there was always error, yeah. always yeah. error messages and stuff. Every time I started yeah. the computer, I know it's, people always say, Hey, oh, that looks cool. It's, you save a lot of money. I want to build computers. I'm like, mm, uh, you know, I would just buy it. Cause then you have support and right. you probably end up, Say, but yeah, that's I, I build and I never have any problems. In fact, I think my computers work better than ones that come from like Dell because they're not pre-installed with all the Dell bullshit, right? Stuff that like all the extra crap, and that's the stuff that makes it um, non non-secure. So right, right. it seems like it's, if you just do like a straight up, you know, build a computer, just put Windows on it fresh, it's like way better. Wow, that's good to know. I'm gonna have to hit you up because one of these days I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna build. I gotta. I want to do. Um, streaming for my patreon live painting mm -hmm. streaming so it'd be i want to have it like a dedicated computer for that for streaming so it's like i'll hit you up and maybe you can advise cool. me what, what to buy then i'll try try sure. it again it'll probably be so you much should. so much easier than i than, than oh, 2002 so or whatever yeah <laughs> <laughs> wow okay so uh um let's see no man 
Yeah, Noman. We're at Noman. How'd you get to know? No, no, is it Noman or Noman? It's Noman. 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 Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was in Copenhagen and Alex Alvarez, the owner of Noman, yeah. called me. And it's, there was like no connection to teaching, but I had already kind of started teaching. And he's like, hey, how do you feel about teaching? And I'm like, you know what? I'm teaching right now, actually. Mm-hmm. And so that sounds really cool. And I went out and met him. And um, I, when I, the very first thing I did is I made the very first ever um, ZBrush training DVD. Mm-hmm. And nobody had really even heard of ZBrush at the time. And so we did this DVD and um, because ZBrush is so awesome altogether and no one, there was no other training available for it at all. Wow. So I to this day get people to, to recognize me on the street just because of my little image on the back cover. Wow. Uh, which trips me really hard. Like, <laughs> you know, I, am, I am me, but how do you, how do you know? Because I'm usually, I don't put myself out there all that yeah, much. Yeah. Oh yeah, you, you did that DVD, but. <laughs> so that was actually really cool. And then ZBrush in, ended up like uh, blowing up more or less. Yeah. It, it's like a uh, industry standard now. It's like, if you don't know ZBrush, you don't know anything. Right. If you're a modeler. Yep. Um, it was pretty cool. I met those guys way, you know, back before they're famous, man. You know, <laughs> the owner of Zebra, or not the owner, well, kind of the owner, um, this guy, O'Fara Lawn, he goes by Pixelator. He he more or less programmed ZBrush by himself. Really? He's like a super genius guy, like super genius. And that guy came to my house to teach me how to use ZBrush. Holy so, shit. So, you know, it's those things. It's like, really? Did that really happen? Is that something I made up? I forget. But oh, no, that actually did really happen. But, <laughs> came to my house at the, like but, the perfect time i imagine too really. yeah yep and it was so good and so i you know i learned that shit and it's zbrush like blew up so hardcore and i was like doing lectures um left and right you know going to canada and you know they're shipping me off everywhere i was like lecturing in front of like 500 people at a time wow and um yeah it was really pretty stressful because i have like social anxiety pretty hardcore and um i'm just a i don't know i'm not i'm i i'm not like a very social person really mm. usually so i do very well online where i can uh-huh. think about something before i say it and right. i type it out it can be eloquent but yep, for the most here. part yeah, <laughs> It's rough. And so all of a sudden I'm in front of all these industry professionals and people that paid this money to hear me. And I, I, I had a nervous back breakdown. I really did. Really? That's at one point. Yeah. And I kind of almost less left the industry. I left Noman. I left everything just kind of went away and I didn't want to do CG at all anymore. So all the serious? stress. Wow. Yeah. There's a whole chunk of my career that I was just basically gone. Like there's, it blew up. And then this wave was like swelling and I was kind of on the top of this wave. I was just getting constant barrages of questions about ZBrush, like constantly like having to do these lectures. And yeah, something just snapped in me where I couldn't do it anymore. It's like, it's like right as I was getting divorced um, oh, shit. from my wife. So it was like that the kind of combined together. I just like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I just spent like five years trying to figure out something I could do huh. that I could make as much money as CG. Then I'm like, mm, there basically isn't, isn't anything. <laughs> and so I, I got back into it. You know, it's like some, there was kind of weird with CG. There was like 
um, like 10 years or eight years ago or something, there was a chunk of time where nothing got better, really. Computer power right. kind of plateaued for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, software was just kind of in a lull. Mm-hmm. Um, ZBrush was great, but it wasn't quite there. You know, right. it's especially it was very stressful to teach because like, well, how do I do this? Uh, well, you can't do that, right. but you can do this. And like, just trying to always like build off this stuff. But yeah, it's, it's weird. It's like, I, I didn't think I was going to do it all at all anymore, but I'm, I'm glad I came back. And yeah. it's, that's crazy. Actually, yeah, it's. I was telling people were contacting me to come in and work, and I was like, no, I only work out of my house. So like for eight years, I was basically by myself and my um, girlfriend Misaki, yeah. um, and I didn't really talk to much people, and it was just like her having to deal with me going through a downward spiral for like seven years. Was it like a depression kind of thing to where you it, just? Yeah, it's definitely a depression. It's like I probably bipolar or something Uh i'm imagining i mean there's sometimes where i feel like i'm the king of the world but usually i feel like i you know i have the imposter syndrome yeah i think every artist yeah every artist i interview on here has imposter syndrome myself included i think it's just part of being an artist yeah it's i guess that's what makes us keep trying to learn stuff it's like assuming that yeah we have to keep proving it to ourselves <laughs> yeah over and over and over again so i kind of wish that would end at some point i know <laughs> well but yeah it's, so it's pretty cool it's like around that time where i was like kind of like oh what am i gonna do i got a call from this company um that they were working on the um uh intro for black cells oh yeah and right. uh, so that was like a um, imaginary forces was the name of the company, and um, I was like the lead artist on this thing, and um, it was kind of crazy. With the there's a little bit of drama with it. Um, when I got on, um, they had by the time I got on, all the boards were done, all the like sketches of everything, okay. and it was approved. And it looked a lot like Chris Kuski's kind of work, like oh, when right. I got in. Like, dude, it's like kind of like his like assemblages and stuff like that. And I'm like, but there was different stuff like, you know, mixed with like shots of like pirate ships that were intricate and stuff. I'm like, okay, cool. They're, you know, they're probably not going to copy him completely. I can see why they did it, but also I can see why they came to me because I also do kind of intricate stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Same thing. And um, so anyway, we, we complete this thing uh, and um, the per- people that are rendering it, rendered out and it's all like really white characters with like black background. It looked exactly like Chris Kuski's stuff. (laughs) And I was like, Oh man, I thought you, this was going to be a little different. And so it came out and Chris Kuski is like, what the hell? In fact, (laughs) I didn't know this before at all, but they basically took images out of his book and more or less copied it. Like really copied it. Oh my God. Like it was like, yeah, you know, and um, so anyway, they, we ended up getting nominated for an Emmy for that thing. And um, they ended up putting Chris Kuski's name as like one of the people that were going to receive that Emmy. Oh, wow. <laughs> Which was kind of, I mean, kind of cool for him. He got some money, too, from it. Oh, he it, did? You oh, know. good, good. Don't, please don't sue. Here's this yeah, money. Right. <laughs> and. I, I think probably Chris is mad at me to this day, but I really had like so limited control over any of that right. stuff. Yeah. And I, I feel bad because I really didn't know if I had known that they were copying his stuff exactly. Like I had seen his stuff, but it's like not like I had, re- you know, went through all his books and saw all his work right. and connected it. Right. 
So well, if I have him on the podcast, I'll I'll tell him it wasn't. Your <laughs> tell him I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. My small part in it. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the thing. Unless you work in the, if you, unless you work in the business, it's hard to know what the what the whole chain of command is like and how little power you actually have. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh yeah, at the at the point where I was, you know, you're a peon artist and like do this right. and do it this way, and, and, and it's not like you're even respected. At, that a lot what? of times it's just like you're a little, you're you're a pair of hands you do you do the thing yeah. you do you do what we tell yep. you you know and then you get your name yeah. on it and it's like it's cool you get the credit but then it looks like you're ripping ripping the guy off <laughs> your respect you know I didn't do it <laughs> I mean if it was up to me it, it would have looked like my crazy mm-hmm. weird you know wiry stuff you right. know but it was not so after uh, after that you kind of got back into the whole. Yeah, that that rejuvenated me right there, uh, minus the Chris Cousy drama. But just like having something come out that's really cool, I, I still, I mean, I, I still see it every now and again. Um, just a title sequence for that, and um, yeah, from there I just kind of reblossomed again. Started like saying yes to people that wanted me to come in, mm-hmm. and I ended up working for um, Imaginary Forces for a bit, and yeah, it kind of brought me back. That's cool. I well, for what it's worth, I've never thought that you had social anxiety or that you were like an antisocial mm-hmm. guy. Like, you just um, seem like one of the coolest people I know. Like one of the nicest, oh. coolest people I know. And thank you. And I, I've just, I've it never occurred to me until you said that. So for what it's worth, you're not well, coming across that way to people. I don't think. Uh, I, I hope so. I mean, it's I, I really struggle with it, really hardcore, yeah. and I usually choose to at home Same as opposed here. to <laughs> like I really really want to go to this thing that someone invited me to but I just I know I'm going to be uncomfortable as hell yep. and uh, even people that like me and like hang out with me I do stuff that ends up pissing them off just because of like I'm insecure I don't know what happens but yeah, it's yeah. kind of like a weird thing where I get all like uncomfortable and I know the you know, I, just feel, I feel weird and I'll start, start saying weird stuff or I'll do something weird and <laughs> I know the I know the feeling, and I bet you everybody who's listening to the podcast, you know, when this goes up, they're going to be like, "Yeah, I know how it is." That's just it's like an artist thing, man. It's like all, most artists I know have this, you know, mm. social anxiety and all that. You know, yeah, but it's the price we pay, I suppose. Yeah, I guess when you have one something that's better, like something fails yeah. from that. <laughs> Everything in this life evens out. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you, I mean, have you been just working steadily ever since the black sales thing? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's been actually really good. Um, right, right before I started on that black sales thing, I had spent every cent that I had. Um, I even cashed out my 401k. I was like, and I'd moved in with Misaki Uh and you know, to me that was like the, I I had failed in life. Like I'd spent every bit of money. I didn't want to work anymore. Wow. And then it was like, I moved in with her and then got that black cells gig and then it went right back up. So, so she kind of, <laughs> I don't of know sa- what happened. Misaki kind of saved, saved you sort of. Oh, right? she's, she she's saves a, me all the time. Yeah. yeah. She's amazing. She's so cool. I love Misaki. Yeah, she's a talented. She's, yeah. Super talented and super, yeah. another great energy person. You just feel yeah. their vibe when you Big meet him, you know, she's awesome. Um, oh. yeah, her, her, uh, <clears throat> toy stuff's great too. My my wife bought one of her pieces for furry the, bones. Yeah, yeah, for the grandkids. I think. They, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I got grandkids well, now. <laughs> that's wow, that's amazing. Yeah, that's it's amazing. amazing. It's crazy. 
so cool. Yeah, it's awesome. So, um, let's. Can you talk about some of the stuff you've done for Tool? Because you know you've done a lot of stuff for for mm-hmm. the the new tour and the new album, right? Yeah. Well, I the mean, not so much the, the new stuff. There, I do have um, some things in the new tour, but okay. um, yeah, basically back in the like right before the Ten Thousand Days album came out, which was ten years plus whatever, <laughs> two, 12 years, thirteen. Um, Adam Jones contacted me and he originally said, Hey, do you want to do the cover of the new tool album? And I was like, Oh, someone's really pulling my leg here. You know? <laughs> so it was just so like casual, like, Hey, what's up? Do you want to do the new tool album cover? Right. It's like, Holy shit. Right. I didn't end up doing the cover, but I worked on the, um, some of the, they had a fold out mm-hmm. thing with glasses on it, the stereoscopic glasses. Right. And so I, I worked a little bit with, um, Alex Adam and, and Alex Gray on that stuff. This other guy, Ray Zone, who who passed away about five years ago, unfortunately. Right. Uh, and that also was nominated. That, that got an Emmy mm-hmm. for the package design. And Adam right. Jones emailed me and said, "We won an Emmy." I know I really didn't, but you know, it, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Top of the world. <laughs> and so then, yeah, I've had my um, artwork in their show for since then about 10 years like the before this tour came out um i had several um different sections 46 and 2 all mm-hmm. my stuff is still on that um, but cool. they had my they put one of my images as the final image like as the show's over basically after all that rock and roll and the most kick-ass like jamming in the world it goes down and all of a sudden my artwork comes up like over like 50 foot screens Amazing. it just came up sat there for like 10 minutes so cool you know? so I was like, as an artist after hearing that and seeing that mm-hmm. i mean i'm telling you, it's like the the my like i'm amazing yeah I, <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah i mean you can't help it like whoa like i i had and, that i had that experience too when i did the uh i i did a bunch of animation 3d animation for them in like 99 or something it was when the around the the anima i don't know it was some tour around that album and i yeah. remember what was it at some point they they were using like my animations through the through the concert and at some point i think it was that toilet training animation that weird i don't know if it's like a weird it's called toilet training but it's like a weird <laughs> like a pan down a creepy hallway and then it goes into this weird gym looking thing and there's these arms and tor- a torso like writhing on the ground but they're like there's no there's no blood it's like everything's healed over so there's like a t- naked torso <laughs> and an arm and then there's a guy standing in front of a toilet stall with a barbecue fork a naked guy with long red hair and a black top hat <laughs> <laughs> and he's standing in, it's it's based on a mushroom trip vision i had actually oh, i nice. saw the exact same thing and i was like oh i gotta i wish i could film this and then years later the technology was there. And so I made it as an animation, but uh, I remember that came on and just the crowd just went from the video. And it was like, I'd never experienced anything like that before. Yeah. Uh, you know? I mean, they, they don't know it's you most likely. Yeah, no, they, I yeah. mean, there's with that graphics. I mean, the, the stuff for concerts, all like it's all uncredited. Oh, yeah, and definitely. It wasn't you, but still, I you felt know. like a million bucks. It doesn't do anything for you really in any kind of way no it's but, just a, uh, a personal other thing. than like bragging rights <laughs> yeah. like you'll be at a party or something it's like hey i heard you worked on with tool right like, yeah bro <laughs> and that's right you know and now 10 10 years later they're like one of the top bands in the world yeah, like yeah. out like taylor swift and all that like nobody would have guessed that i know it's amazing 
It's amazing. Yeah, and so recently, on this new concert that came out, um, I didn't think anything was going to be in there, and they all of a sudden popped up with the new ending image was a new image that I had done for them. Oh, cool. Um, I did all the animations for their website, mm-hmm. and they used yeah, some of the stuff. Yeah, those are so cool. That uh, skeleton spin that with the yeah, steps. So amazing. Cool. Amazing. I have no yeah, idea so how you fucking did time, that. One <laughs> time, um, all of Tool minus, minus Maynard at this time came to my house, and I was showing him all the stuff, and Adam said it was my the favorite thing that he's ever seen of mine, which wow. is really super huge. Yeah, and, yeah that's um, amazing. But I had it like all in 3D with like the three actual 3D glasses, oh, like really? red blue. On <laughs> and he's like, ah, tripping out. And, I mean, I, I spent like three years working on that website stuff. It was so in- intense what we were going to do. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if you remember with their website is like they they had like kind of the same website for like 10 years. Like when the web first came out, they made a website that didn't work very well. Mm -hmm. And it was like 10 years that it's like kind of languished back and forth. Yeah, It had some of my Uh, crappy, crappy graphics on it. (laughs) Little TV screen and like an intestine. Yeah, totally. (laughs) And so there was like some kind of bad juju with this website. Like they can never, they went through like three or four different people to get a new thing and it never works. Like 10 years passed. And so I jump on it and I'm working with them and it's like, seriously three years it was the stuff that you see is like 0.1 percent of what i made it was wow. like holy uh, we could never figure out it was before like really the web was fast enough right. like what adam jones wanted to do was 24 the year 2040 right. and we we're back you know 2006 or whatever yeah. it was it never really happened so that same juju happened to me for like three or four years <laughs> And um, they finally, they ended up just putting like just those animations on there, like right. on a few things. But you still, you still got stuff playing now. Yeah. Right? It's all, yep. All of 46 and two basically are, is my animations that he's been working on improving that for so many years. And yeah, I remember so that guy, Breck, right? Breck. Yeah. Breck. He's so amazing. And then Big time. junior is junior still doing the junior, lights. Yeah, junior, Junior's doing all the lighting and stuff. And he's amazing too. The combination of those two guys with tool that show, and they have all new technology this time too. Okay. It's like these huge, big, like higher res screens and it's, it's mind blowing. And those guys are selling out show after show after show. I know it's amazing. And they just, they just opened up a whole new section of their tour. So I, I get a, um, they invited me to check out the San Diego show. So oh, cool. Uh, in January. Yeah. I finally get to see it. Yeah. Excellent. Wow. So you did stuff for Pussifer too, right? Yeah. It's back in the, when I first, um, was connected to, um, uh, yeah, to tool, basically, um, they introduced me to Maynard as right as Maynard was starting up with his Pussifer stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, right, like he hadn't even finished his first album, anything like that. So I ended up doing like several music videos for him. I think it worked like for him for like six years or so. Oh, wow. Uh, and he even invited me on tour one time. So, wow. you know, the, me, you know, social anxiety meets <laughs> guy that sits at home and stares at a screen and all of a sudden <laughs> is on stage with him. And um, I was dressed up like a ninja the whole time and photography. Yeah. So it's kind of the thing that nobody even knows because I'm like this dressed as a ninja. You're not supposed to see ninjas. They're not even supposed to exist. But I filmed the whole entire tour with a video camera. um, And 
it, it was pretty freaking amazing. <laughs> it was crazy. We saw almost every single state, you know, it's like I was riding in the, you know, the main, um, uh, whatever the bus thing from with the rest of the band, which was really super cool. Wow. But man, it's the second I got off, like the, we got off the tour, I like literally kissed the Los Angeles sidewalk. Like, so, <laughs> so I, I mean, it, it was, you know, a couple months journey of, you know, going around and being out of sorts and yeah. 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 I, 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 um, used to be in a band and I was trying to make it before I started painting, before I started doing any of this stuff while I was doing makeup effects, I had a band and I was trying to make it and all this. And I'm so glad it didn't work out at the time. I was really bummed last time my band broke up, but, but looking at it now, I am not, I don't like traveling at all. I don't like traveling and, and I, uh, and the music industry kind of took a shit too. So it was like kind of a yeah, blessing right. in disguise that nothing ever came of that. Man. Yeah. yeah. Doing that touring thing was so interesting. I mean, you, you would do, and I had to do loadouts and everything too, load ins and loadouts as part of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you'd just be exhausted at the end of the night. You'd get on the bus, get inside your bunk and go to sleep and you'd wake up and it'd be like, okay, let's go. We're in a new city. What, what city? How doesn't, who, who cares yeah. what city it is? Load, load it in and do your shit. And, you know, the next night, the same thing. It's like, where am I? And you're so discombobulated and you're n- nothing's ever, you know, easy. But I can only imagine like how hard it is for like a like a band that's coming up. That's like in a in like a little truck or something right. filled with a bunch of stinky people and, you know, frustrations. So like, this is like the the, the sweet ass like Maynard stuff, you know, right, nice right. big buses. And he's got his own bus. And, right. you know, we got our bus and like doing it right with you get a you know envelope with your hotel key sometimes on it and your per diem and all the, that. Right. Even that like made me so exhausted. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing to experience probably once in your life. And that's about oh, it. Oh man. Amazing experience. Amazing. Wow. So what are you, I mean, what are you doing now? Are you, are you, mm. are you working so, on anything secret? Yeah. Or anything um, cool? Not secret, but for the last, well, three years ago, I was working for John Stewart um, of the daily show. Really? And he was creating an animation. Um, he was attempting to create an animation show for HBO uh-huh. where basically it was kind of like the daily show ish, but it was, um, basically like CG characters were doing the stuff. Like he had, um, one of the characters had a penis for a head <laughs> and <laughs> it was supposed to be, um, oh, I forgot his name. Um, one of the Fox guys, <laughs> I probably shouldn't say anyway, but, right. <laughs> um, it was like a character characterization of one of the, like the Fox talking heads and he's just a penis. All right. And <laughs> so he like fought with people, but the whole gig with that was like, they, the writers would send over, uh, they would send over like a script like that night. And the next morning we were supposed to have like a final done thing, like in four hours, you know, so it's all timely the way news can be. Right. Eventually it just didn't work out. We tried for like a year and a half to get something, you know, with motion capture with the characters, like how do we get this, get this boom, boom, boom. Now I bet we can do it with the technology really? now. I think so. Yeah. Because like this, this program called unreal and all this stuff that's coming out now, it's mm-hmm. just like game changer. And so that didn't work out. HBO canceled that. And so I went to this place called Fox BFX Lab, who is like one of the forefront of like uh, virtual production, mm-hmm. which means that you build the, the whole environment like in CG and they use like 
uh, more or less tablets kind of that where when you the director looks through the tablet, he sees that world. No way, really? And, yeah, you can do like motion capture with like 10, 13 people. And we were working on this film called Mouse Guard, which also ended up, we worked on that for two years and that got canceled as well. But so we had like 10, 10 different mice. You look through, you see 10 mice fighting with each other. They even had motion capture on the arrows. They're shooting arrows oh and their sword God. motion capture. And they had the state of the art, and it was beautiful. I mean, those guys are amazing. Um, the the owner Glenn Derry, who's just just genius dude with all that stuff, and he's like you know top of the line. He's worked with all like the top main people out there, you know, all the big directors, and kind of came up through them. And really like that guy. He's cool as hell. But so Mouse Guard got canned, you know, after we did a whole bunch of stuff. And so um, I took a month off did damn near nothing for like a month <laughs> that's nice and um two days ago i started um on this new project where it's a dc action or a dc comic book movie mm -hmm. that's gonna be a huge huge movie in the next couple of years oh, and cool. I'm, in, I'm in the first wave of hires so i'm working with production designer doing concept art and things like that and oh, cg and yeah i'm working for a company called happy mushroom actually nice <laughs> and happy mushroom just got done doing the mandalorian the new star wars oh, stuff wow. uh, their, their names and the in the credits and all that kind of stuff so that anyway like, start is going that that sounds like fun man so what do, do, uh, do they have you like do they kind of like just throw different things at you or is your job like super delineated oh uh, it's it's a bunch of different stuff it's they originally were trying to hire me as like a pure concept artist for characters and all oh, that. Wow. And they're going to get me into the union and all this kind of stuff. Wow. And that kind of didn't work out. But now so I, I'm the lead for the, um, the happy mushroom stuff for their art. But luckily I get to work like we're right with the top guys and it's going to be like another month and a half before they even hire anybody else. So I'm kind wow. of the tip of this for this kind of stuff. So it's rad I'm working with like Christian Schur, who's like one of the top, um, concept artist things and it's but it's for me right now it's like throwing a baby into water like i'm trying to learn how to swim and i got to do it quick or else i'm going to drown because you know it's I, I do do my own kind of weird stuff but like like right now this like design right. this thing here and like oh and well hi you know so i'm trying <laughs> to figure it out still i'm trying to like weed my way through and not not get too sketched out but yeah well, I don't know. it's gonna work i think yeah i'm sure um that's that's a, an interesting thing to talk about too is that you have such a recognizable style like i can't think of anybody else there's there's nobody else in that's doing cg to where you see their stuff and it's like oh that's so and so maybe that android jones guy but he doesn't yeah, really sure, do yeah. 3d i don't think right does he do it's kind of the hybrid stuff that yeah. he does a little bit yeah. he's maybe the only other guy but his stuff is still kind of like in that vis visionary realm where your stuff is just like totally you totally, <laughs> totally different than, than anything I've ever seen before. Oh, thank you. I love to hear that. Yeah. It's weird. You know, that's, that's a blessing and a curse for yeah. me really. Yeah. Cause everything that I do is my weird style. So there, I went through, it's like even Marvel contacted me. I was going to do the same thing with them with concept art and the, you know, these, all these things like the had like the director contact me and like, yeah, send me, you know, a bunch of your stuff. And I send them stuff and it's all kind of the same weird, like, wiry thing. Yeah. Like, well, do you have any, like, other, you know, people? Like, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't, doesn't always work out for me, but, but that's at the same time. That's because you're an, like, 
Dude. Yeah, yeah, but that's because you're that, that's the thing I guess that sets you apart I think from a, a lot of CG people is that you're like kind of an artist first. You like you're an mm-hmm. you're a fine artist. That's why you have that strong point of view. And um a lot of people I think that that go into CG um I don't know, it's like they're they're building stuff from the real world. You know, mm-hmm. like at least back in yeah. the day, it was like spaceships and cars. And it's like, you're trying to just make things super realistic. And then mm-hmm. someone like you is doing this just totally out of left field, weird shit from your mind. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's what, that's what, that's like a huge um, advantage as a fine artist, finding, having a voice that's clearly mm-hmm. recognizable as people that want to be fine artists. It's like, that's the the thing that, that a lot, I know a lot of younger painters and artists I talk to it's like how do you find your voice and you had your voice before you even started doing this shit when you were doing the stuff in your basement or whatever in Utah yeah Yeah, it's it's weird look back at my old stuff and it's kind of like it's almost as if I'd done all this before and I just like died somewhere and started back up right I never really like oh let's make the style I just started doing it you know like be cool if I make this and I like that and (laughs) who the hell knows yeah it's like you're i think probably because you're approaching it like like an like an artist does rather than like a technician does you're more like Mm. it's all about the creativity which is what i thought was so promising about cg stuff when i started was just like you could do you could make anything you know that was what was so exciting literally is that that is exactly it is like there's you you have a whole studio in your box right there you know, you're you're in control of every single bit of light and the way the camera moves, and there's no limit at all to it, and it's just getting better and better. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, do you remember coming upon that visual style, or was it just something that um, kind of happened, or what? Does it is it does it have something to do with the the technology at the time? Because your stuff is this whole wired thing. It's like I don't even know how you're doing it. It's so crazy. So I'm, it's like digital basket weaving, more or less. <laughs> what, how I always describe it. Uh-huh. Just like kind of just make the main form, and then I create wires that go around that main form, and then I just kind of twist them back and forth and make some some areas larger. It's just I just have fun and mess with it. That's that's the thing that I'm kind of dumb about is that I don't sell anything. Like as far as art, um, sometimes I'm in shows that almost 99% it's in your show. Um, right. cause I usually say no to people when it comes to that kind of stuff. And it's, I don't really, like, I haven't updated my website in like eight years, right. some old crap just cause I don't want to deal with that. It's like yeah. almost, it's like, I I'm fine. Like, leave me alone. I don't want to answer your question. And I don't want to, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do, but I mean, it's just, they, they come in in big chunks and I always meet people like, yeah, I emailed you never email me back. And I'm like, Oh shit. Yeah. You know? That's I hate. I want to email everybody back. It's just there's not. It's just not time yeah, right. for that kind of stuff. Like because if I when I do email, I try to make sure everything's perfect, and you know it takes me you know 30, 40 minutes to email somebody back. Like right. you know, especially if they're asking me about some complex thing, and I just really don't have the time, unfortunately. Right. So I'm lay low as an artist, which is weird. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's like you have to be. Uh, I don't know, like a trust fund kid to to have an art career that way. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, it's a, for, for me, it's like, I, I just, I make my money through right. doing visual effects stuff, you know? So it's like, I, I you know, I, I would like to make some posters and stuff, but it just never, I, wish, know, I don't like stuff for some reason. I wish. Uh, yeah. I, I understand, but 
I don't know. I, if you don't need to, I, I get it. You know, you're just doing it for the art's sake. And you don't need to because you've got this successful career. So it'd be but, nice, though. I mean, I would love I mean, t- to me, you're like you're so you're so I don't want to say weird, but you're so <laughs> you're so not you as a person. I'm just saying you're so unique. No, your whole your who you are as an artist is so unique that. um, That it's like the, the work, your work is worthy. It's It's almost like. The work is so good that it that you kind of have in a in my perspective, not to be critical of you, but in my perspective, your work is so good that it's a shame not to put it out there as fine art for people to see. It's like you can, I feel like as artists, we have sort of a responsibility to put the stuff out there and share with people. But not all mm-hmm. artists think that. Some people just do it for the, their own amusement. But to me, it's like it's a great thing to put in the world like it's it's good it's good art and that's so valuable nowadays especially nowadays you know what i mean it's uh, you know it's i have like a facebook account i'm at a five thousand person limit and i that's all where i post my stuff right like here here you guys you know it's if it's good enough maybe you'll post it somewhere else you know and it'll spread out or whatever but at the same time I, i fear like if something was super popular, I feared how much stuff I'd have to do because of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like last year, um, I won like so, a pretty major thing that happened last year that I didn't even really kind of push. Is I won the best album cover in the Heavy Music Awards, which is like a full on like music awards, like people with tuxes and they bring wow. them up and all that kind of stuff. It's a full big thing. And I won the best album cover for of what? the whole year. For for who? It was um, for this band, Sixth, Sixth, S-I-K-T-H. Oh, okay. And um, so they emailed me for an interview, and I didn't even e- email them back. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was, like, thinking about it, and I was sitting there looking at an email. And a couple days later, I looked at it again. And then, like, a month later, I was like, oh, I probably should have done that one. <laughs> probably should have done that. <laughs> more, more proof that you're, that you're a true artist. These are these are very these are very artist things to do. I, yeah, I, you I know, mean, usually I I go with the the notion of it's better to close your mouth and have people assume right. that you're an idiot or a jerk or whatever than to open your mouth and prove it. Yeah, right. that's <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at. You didn't have an Instagram account. I do have Instagram. As oh, well, okay, yeah. okay, but it's not very populated on it. Yeah. God, because I, 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 I guess you know. For me, it's like I have to, I have to um, maintain this online presence and become as popular as I can all the time. Promote because this is how I've chosen to make my money. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. So it's I like. Agree. So it's sort now of you like you do a good job at it. Like you're one of the people that I see. It's like I should start trying to emulate kind of the stuff that he does. Like you're smart about keeping your name out there and getting more and more fans. And but it's like I was you the other day i was wearing your shirt and like two different people like yeah that's just like, yeah. that's right yeah that's, that's, that's <laughs> super cool super cool to, yeah that was amazing when you told me that it's weird it's it's yeah it's weird for me but um it's really but it's completely out of necessity it's like i, ha- I have to in order to pay the bills you know so it's oh, like yeah. i'm not it's just pure smart yeah and, and, I, and i'm not um <clears throat> 
I wish I was just like independently wealthy or my family had money. That would be amazing. You just like do whatever you want. Exactly. (laughs) That would be the ultimate. (laughs) But um, yeah, it's just, it's sort of like I never, I was never really interested in, in the fame. It was like, okay, this is the world we live in now. So you have to do that in order to make the money. Yeah. You know, the the social media stuff is like a boon for artists. You know, usually you have to, you know, put your, stuff out in galleries and hope that the gallery would promote you enough and you right. know you get your name out there that way but now you we have direct access you know to everybody you know yeah. and if your stuff's good it gets out there and it travels around so it's a good time to be an artist i think oh for sure best time ever we talk about that a lot of, a lot on this podcast um you could you know if you if you're interested you could you're you could make your it's just that your stuff is so suited for what's going on right now with social media, like Instagram and this TikTok app that my daughter-in-law got me to download. I was like, I don't want to do it. It's just these stupid teenage girls lip syncing to shitty songs. I can't stand. And then I got on there and I'm like, okay, I get it. There's like, once you get past all the dumb teenage girls lip syncing, there's like funny videos of, you know, people falling down, which I always like stuff like that. People getting hurt and stuff and uh, weird animals and stuff. It's like, I get it. And, and it's like, apparently that's the platform now to, to go viral on for some oh, reason. Really? Yeah. It's like the big one. Everyone's saying, so everyone's going to it, but your stuff is just like, it's made for that. It's like, it's made for the (laughs) movie, you know, your your stuff, movies always get more attention, like little, little, uh, clips and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, tick is all clips, Instagram, the the videos get more attention and just Mm -hmm. what you're doing per on your personal stuff is so, Mm -hmm. I can't tell you, it's so mind blowing (laughs) to me. I see it. I I don't, if I I sound like a, kissing meets his ass too much i'm really he's not that kind (laughs) he's not that kind of guy and you know he he he's he's not the kind of guy that probably is even comfortable with it but i can't overstate how amazing your stuff is and and when i see it um, it's like that makes me want to keep making stuff yeah, well, it's like it makes me want to get back into digital when I see your stuff. I'm oh, like, man. oh man, you got to mess with it a little bit. I think yeah. there's some cool stuff. It's mostly a time issue for me. It's just oh, yeah. you know oh, what I mean, yeah. which is why I don't. You've been play- setting it originally. It's hard. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's why I don't play games. You know, on me neither. Yeah. there's no time. I know I no get sucked time. into it. Yeah, exactly. It's if I get a video game, it's. I would rather be making video right. games than playing them at any point. <laughs> exactly. They're, they're very good these days too. It's like you'll your your time will be gone. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, my kid, everybody I know who plays games goes on for like four hours. It's like I don't have four hours. <laughs> I know. To not man, do I wish it did. <laughs> it blast. But I don't know. I I I I just it, it's just you know you're so you have the thing that's so like 99% of artists want what you have, this, this thing you have, which is this amazing vision. And so Mm. they're, you know, they're wanting to do this thing and make a living doing it. And they don't have the thing that you have. And then you're just like, fuck it. I don't want to answer this email. (laughs) I don't want to do this interview. It's too much work. Exactly. Like, oh man, that's just going to generate a lot of other problems for me. But if, no. I mean, if, if nothing else though, it's, 
you know, you got the respect of, of people for sure, you know, from, oh, from that's my, the best. That's actually what, what I, and it, what I, as an artist would want more than anything. It's yeah, like yeah. other artists like you saying that that's, that's worth more to me than most anything else. Well, you, you, you got that then you're a rich man already then cool. <laughs> in that way. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't know. I bet you eventually, eventually, how you're like a young dude, right? I'm 37. Oh, you're, you're, oh, you're not as young as I thought. Yeah. Everybody thinks I'm super young. I, I mean, I act like it. I ride that one wheel around and get verbal arguments <laughs> no, with people look, all day long. And you look young. You look young. I feel young. I, I seriously feel like I'm about 23, 24. I don't know. Yeah. It's I had kids. I think that's probably part of it mm -hmm. and i oh. live today the same way i did when i was 23 right you know us like, yeah i just turned 52 so that's wild I'm, you don't I'm, look that either i know and people say i don't but uh yeah when we were kids the the number 50 it's like you you're in a retirement home right and you're <laughs> and you know but now it's like shit i'm gonna turn 50 and i still feel yeah it's crazy i can run up and down steps like the other day there at work, there's like these three flights of stairs and I oh. run up and down them wow. and I ran past these ladies the other day <laughs> and they looked at each other. I heard them say, that just was not natural. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I couldn't, I couldn't do the three, three flights of stairs. No way. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not in that good of shape, but I look young. So at least I have that. Oh, yeah. But, but anyway, I, I guess my point was, you know, there's still time for you to do some epic meets Meyer mm -hmm. thing that is all yeah, new, I think so. you know, yeah. that would be, especially, um, now you could, you could do something for free. You could just put it online, some kind of VR environment. Like you were doing those, those little, where you, yeah. you had me, you know, me, the me, <laughs> the me meditating or whatever that statue yeah. you did where you scanned mm -hmm. me and you're like throwing me over walls. And, and, yeah, and I made the chair out of little tiny jets, yeah. <laughs> little pieces of the chair. You, yes, me. That, that's actually one of my favorite sculptures. Yeah, I think it's amazing. It's so cool. That. Yeah, for for people who don't know, me scanned scanned me for a sculpture he did for the conjoined show. Scanned me and and output me in a kind of like. I don't know. Praise. Praising kind of a Yeah, yeah. Kind look. of like, oh, look kind of <laughs> some kind of magical spiritual position, but which was a, a, a crazy experience. But I keep seeing it pop up in, in his little weird little experiments he's doing on Facebook. Oh, yeah. it's, it's hilarious. The last thing you want to do is have a, a visage of you as a 3D model because I'll just keep on using it, all sorts of weird stuff. No, I'm I hard. But yeah, it's like I have a VR um, world that I'm building and there's a section where you're in there, you know, in that thing, you're about 30 feet high <laughs> up, so cool. and you know, particles are coming down around you, light rays and it's cool. You can stand next to stuff now in VR. Yeah. So is, I mean, is that kind of what you're, you're putting your artistic personal endeavors towards is, is VR? Yeah. That so you are kind of doing it. You're just not really sharing it or you're not putting yeah, it out there Exactly. It's a, I get kind of what I, my problem is that I like to um, figure stuff out more than I like to finish stuff. Mm. I like getting the idea out there. So, you know, most of my stuff that I show like online is something that I did like in a night, you know, mm. more or less a night or two. So it's the idea, crank it out, plant the seed, you know, bring it out into the world. 
and then see what kind of germinates through there. I just plant lots of seeds and right. see, see what's working and what's not. And so um, that VR stuff that I was working on that world, it's I kind of it's you know shuttered right now because I'm I remember I'm doing all this other stuff. Um, but right now the big thing is this augmented reality mm-hmm. and that stuff that I used to do that you brought up in the beginning, like that metal guy, I used to, you know, film it and track it and composite it. You know, it took a, quite a while. Now it's real time. Like you could look at your phone and place that guy in right. an environment, see it real time. And we're on the very edge of having that like built into glasses. Like there's stuff like uh, magic leap and all these other glasses and, um, Apple is going to release theirs next year from what I hear. So our world is kind of going to change in a way. And if you're a 3D artist, you know, you're, you'll be able to bring, like finally give birth into the real world, all these things. We're going to have kind of a polygon and informational layout in the real world. Like we have now, all that's going to be, you know, wherever you look, like information might pop up above you, or, you know, you can see an artist that his section of a wall, you can't see it until you put your glasses on, but there it is walk around and look at it uh, and I've seen a lot of the latest technology for that stuff luckily I'm kind of connected to some people that I get to see some stuff that's coming out right. there's some neat stuff happening very soon like the next four or five years really and then even beyond that it's like that all this stuff is going to start happening faster and faster and like technology it's going to go like pretty crazy pretty soon like with the, the AI especially like mm-hmm. the AI pretty hardcore where once that ai is good enough he's going to start being able to figure stuff out at a, such a fast rate and it's going to be exponential so i think this next 20 years are going to be some of the craziest years that you know it's it's going to be so up in the air and you know just trying to figure out yeah. where stuff is going to be wild it's going to be really wild but it's you know it's, i kind of feel like this whole world's a simulation to begin with right you know everything that's happened to me it's like i've never really asked for that much but it's just comes to me so i'm assuming this is some kind of video game as it is like (laughs) like if this happened to you kind of thing right so yeah it'll probably all end up back there it's the same thing where it's just like you know we're we're trying to augment ourselves so that we can keep up with technology itself but yeah the next few years are going to be pretty crazy like it's Basically, every 18 months, the power of computers doubles. Mm-hmm. So if you think of doubling of a doubling of a doubling, you know, you yeah. know, we're talking 10 years from now, it's going to be computer power is going to be so quick and so small and so light that it's going to be ubiquitous everywhere. It's going right. to be computer. Everything's going to have it can be connected to the Internet and an overlay of graphics and all sorts of stuff. So you think it could be really good. could be really crappy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, it's like that whole singularity thing, the singularity mm-hmm. where it's like everything. What's that? Roy Kurzweil, yeah. the guy that made up the whole singularity thing. Yeah, where it's like everything eventually will be happening all at once somehow. Oh, quick! <laughs> yeah, know, just because we can't. Then we have to start putting in computers in our own brain in order to not be swallowed up by the whole system. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy, man. And it, shit, yeah. He's got to flow with it, I, I guess. Ex- I don't know how to deal with it. <laughs> I think that's the only way. I think the yeah. on, only way to to exist in the future is going to be this kind of zen, kind of go with the flow sort of thing. Because there's you can't fight against that at all. How could you fight against it? You could try and go. Oh yeah. You go it's try like and move away out in the middle of nowhere. It's like okay, uh, maybe you can get away with that, but 
Uh, you'll have all sorts of drones flying over your head and yeah. scanning you and the government agencies coming out there and telling you it's illegal to right. live like that <laughs> back to the city. And it's like, you, you kind of just got to go with it. You got to uh-huh. just, you know, and, and it's, and, and it's also, it's like, it's just, it's becoming more chaos, which is not good or evil. It's just chaos. It's just, you can't, yeah. you can't predict it. You don't know what the repercussions of this stuff is going to be. It's just you either fight it, which you can't, which you'll lose for sure if you try and fight it, or you can just go with it. Yeah, it's yeah, because it's going to happen. Like globalization is going to happen no matter what, you know, conservatives or whoever, you know, wants things to be how it was 50 years ago. Yeah, that's unfortunately the the ball is rolling towards that. You're not going to change that. There's certain things that are going to happen just because information now it's the information age. You know, it's like when they went from a wood sword to the metal sword, the bronze, (laughs) you know, I mean, whatever it was, the people that had the metal went and chopped off, you know, the heads of the people that had the The wood. I don't know. You know, keep trying to have my head not cut off is all. Right. Yeah. So you just kind of, I mean, I don't know. Do you have a feeling about the future or are you just kind of. Um, I, I feel like it's it's going to be positive. Um, the only thing is, I think that because of our discrepancy between the rich and the poor is widening ever mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. Um, that I think that it's going to be very much where there's going to be one side if you're wealthy enough, you're going to have the best robot technology, doctors, everything to keep you staying rich and healthy and having an enjoyable, relaxing life as your robots do everything for you. But right on the other side of probably a literal wall is going to be people that are so poor, right. Mad Max style stuff that never get to even enter. And I really think that's going to happen because, you know, if you look at it now, the data that the the dis- discrepancy between rich and the poor you know, the middle class is like just disappearing out yeah. there. You know, we see like L.A. is like added like 20,000 new um, homeless people in the last couple right. of years to the streets. And it's like everything's getting way too expensive. If you look at San Francisco, L.A., the prices here are just going up like way beyond what a normal person could afford. I know. Yeah. The politicians don't seem all that interested in making it. So, hey, wait a minute. Let's not spend that money on bullets, you know, or whatnot. Let's try to spread the wealth a little bit, but that's, it's, it seems like they're intentionally making that difference. Right. And trying you, to really do it, spread you, it out. You, uh, you were born in what, like 72 or something? 72, exactly. So yeah. you remember what it was like in the, in the, you know, mid seventies, you know, mm-hmm. things were so, I, I remember my dad could, uh, he, he worked on a tugboat in San Pedro mm-hmm. and he could afford to buy a house and we all had oh, yeah. insurance. We had health insurance. School. We, school was great. You know, it was like the, the meals were great in school. And it's like we, mm-hmm. the period where we grew up is when everything started to fall apart, like throughout our Uh-oh. whole childhood. Cause it's like, I remember when the school lunches started getting shitty and Pop- <laughs> proposition 13 passed. And then at the school started falling apart, people started losing their jobs you know, the whole thing, we've just, you know, we, it's like, we kind of got right in at the tail end of when things were good and just, it's been like the slow degradation until now. It's just like, you know, my, my fucking kids don't have any opportunities to do anything decent. Get a house and it's like the trouble, like as they get older and yeah, like your, your niece, your, your, uh, young, the youngest ones, 
the your grandchildren. Yeah. Like what? I'm there 20. I know. I mean, how hard is it going to be to get a house and to take how 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 expensive is college going to be? Right. You know, then if it right. keeps moving the way it is now, I yep. mean. So, yeah, it's kind of scary. And I feel bad for the super young generation. It's yeah. like it's kind of why I never had kids. I never had any desire whatsoever to have kids because I kind of feel like right. I don't put them into a world that's what seems to be happening. I can kind of see the extrapolate and see where it's going. And it might not be good unless you can push yourself up and become one of those right. fat, rich guys yep. that sit around and have robots like <laughs> do their nails and stuff. <laughs> So I guess that's the only way is you get into there, you know, and, but if you don't get into it, um, who knows? Yeah. I, I feel like I'm kind of like, I'm trying to set with my, also with my, my art business, you know, I'm trying to have, cause my, I, you know, when my parents died, it was like, there was nothing to pass on to the kids except, you know, a lot of my dad's paintings and then a bunch of junk in their house, you know, they didn't have any money. And, uh, my biological dad didn't have any money. So it's not like anyone in the family has ever passed money down. And so I'm, I'm trying to, I'm really trying to, part of the reason I'm trying to build my business aside from just survive is, is I want to take it to that level. So, so that I could have something to pass down to the kids. So they're not just going to be like screwed. And my grandkids too, you know, something yeah. that can keep going after I'm dead. You know? Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. It's got to be a good way, good reason internally that you push yourself so right. hard for like, somebody else, I guess, you know, yeah. and that's, I've never had that. So, yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's a trip having kids. It's weird. It's, I'm sure yeah. <laughs> it's I know cool, but weird. I'm dead, I'm dead and that's the end. <laughs> <laughs> no more meats. <laughs> exactly. Rotten meat. <laughs> Rotten meats. <laughs> so, uh, you, you, do you think it's like going to be a, uh, AR over VR? Is yeah, for, for sure. I've it's, heard other people VR, say that. VR is too, um, it's, it's too internal. Like it's hard to share at least right now, like with another, get into VR with another person, but AR 10 people could be standing around and see the exact same thing happening in that world. So your world's not blocked off. It's just, added to yeah you know it's augmented it's better supposedly and it's so it brings out the real world without cutting off the real world right and it seems like I if you, think that's gonna be better it, it seems like also you can you could use ar to put so much stuff in that it's almost like vr you know what i mean like you could yeah put, you really could it's the the magic leap glasses the stuff that it has like it it puts like say an image of like an apple somewhere it's opaque completely you can't see behind it you can see everything around it but the apple itself is opaque so if you did fill it with the the entire world it would act like that um right now the problem with ar is the window size is really small um you can't it doesn't encompass your whole site so basically there's just like a square kind of a little window that you can see through and it looks kick-ass if it doesn't get cut off right but as you it gets cut on that side and that's where the problem is right now but that's widening further and further and further you know and getting smaller and smaller and i'm sure apple you know is going to hit a home run and you know they've been kind of sit sitting on the sidelines through all this stuff forever and then once they come out with their stuff they're basically people are going to think they invented it but right. whatever yeah it's going to be, <laughs> gonna be a, a nice sleek well-designed well you know working piece of thing but it's it's once apple comes out with theirs it's going to change the world i think really you know yeah just because it's the same thing as like when the first iphone or the first ipod came out yeah how like 
blowing that was and that instantly changed the world you know so once they take that and everywhere you look you know all of a sudden there's like you know walk this way 20 feet little arrow like you know in front of your view you know i think it's you know it's definitely the next level you know but it'll take a while for society to it and all that but it's definitely the next big thing i'm just trying to figure out how i can get in on this thing like, like how, how could I apply what I do mm-hmm. to something like that? Because I'm so, I'm all, I've always been really into technology. I'm, I'm into it. I love it. I'm not like a technophobe kind of person. I'm like you, like getting in there and wanting to build my own computers and change the parts and shit. Uh, wanting to just know how things work. And it's like, I can, I cannot figure other than, you know, making the world that I paint the dystopia world into mm-hmm. like a virtual reality environment. That would be amazing with all the characters from my paintings. That would be amazing. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to like think, you know. I think that's probably exactly what you should do. It's yeah. just like chess world. Just like the, the augmented Chesar thing where you sit down and there's like the, on your coffee table, a bunch of Chesar characters pop up and do something. Or, <laughs> I don't know. I would personally buy it. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> well, I'm going to definitely come down and visit you soon. Should. I've been talking talking about it for forever. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I've I've been meaning to. I, I do. I have a car that works now, so that's I got a, a new <laughs> car finally. So, um, Sweet. so I can definitely do it. Um, yeah, I'd love to see. I'd love to see everything you're doing. I know it's gonna be a total mind fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know about that, but oh yes, yes. But it would be nice to have you come over though. Yeah, it'd be good to hang out anyway. Um, okay, one last question: Are you still riding your motorcycle? No, um, two, three years ago, I was in. Yeah, so basically, I only when I first moved to California, I only had a motorcycle. So I rode the motorcycle for thirteen years, right. and my big thing was lane splitting, and I did it basically as a sport for a while there i was like getting <laughs> lane lane splitting races almost every single day like anytime someone tried to pass me it was like nah boom and i just we'd like go in between cars like uh um, you're one of those cop- crazy bastards you see on the freeway yes exactly i was stupid and <laughs> like you know i started out slow but as you, i got really freaking good at it you know so i moved from salt lake where i snowboarded so i never was able to do that so this became my sport and wow. I, so I was one of those dumbasses yeah right. for sure dumbasses like doing crazy stuff um, lane splitting. And anyway, I got in two accidents. Um, I had a hit and run first where it's, um, they slammed me into the wall and I somehow didn't wreck. And then I hit another car and didn't wreck like all in one thing. It broke my foot and broke all the stuff on one side of the thing. And then two months later, I had a really bad accident where some, I was lane splitting and someone pulled out in front of me. I hit the back of their, their, the car blew all the windows out, flipped over the car, landed on my back. Holy shit. I didn't know it was that bad. Yeah, it was gnarly. And I, so I landed on my back, but I had a really big backpack. And so I was like, oh, nice. And, and I was like, ah, oh, I didn't get hurt. And then all of a sudden, a car ran over my foot. Oh, my God. A truck over my leg. Oh, and it must like, have hurt. And like orange. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, no. And so, yeah, it was crazy. And so I went overnight hospital and, you know, in L.A., like the, the, the guy next to me was, cha- was uh, handcuffed to the hospital bed and he said he was from the prison he just got stabbed with scissors 10 times oh my god which was another little mini 
excitement. But yeah, so anyway, since then I got a rental car or uh, I leased a car for three years. Uh-huh. That lease ended. I got the car back. So now I got nothing except for my like one wheel and all that kind of stuff. How are you getting to work? Uber? So far I'm Ubering, but oh. it's like 45 bucks a day, both back and forth to Burbank. So right. it's like a thousand bucks a month. So now it's like, okay, I, I have to get something again. Probably yeah. another motorcycle. Are you so going to get, you're just not going to do any, yeah, lane. you're not going to do any uh, lane. Uh, no, you know, I'm going to get something like a fancy, like a freeway scooter or something uh. that I, I can't go too wild on. It's just, you can lane split when it, the time is right, but uh. not as a exciting thing. <laughs> just because traffic's so bad. That oh, it's a nightmare. Kinda, I don't know. If you have a motorcycle, it's like the key to the city. You can get anywhere. I bet. It's pretty amazing. But, you know, it comes with its own inherent risks of course but yeah your motorcycle was awesome too man so cool looking that's i had a bunch of cool motorcycles i I love the hell out of motorcycling so fun yeah i used to ride when i was a kid i used to go dirt dirt i was way into Mm -hmm. motocross riding Uh, go out in the desert and i was so into like i wanted to be a professional motorcycle (laughs) racer i was totally Uh, into it when i was a kid yeah (laughs) yeah just a few things different you could be doing that right now yeah right i was pretty good that's pretty good. I um, well, yeah, and that's pretty amazing that you survived two motorcycle crashes. That's got to yeah. have you. Yep. The one crash broke my left leg or my left foot, and the next crash like fucked up my right leg. So. Oh, my God. It's all good. <laughs> I feel 100% better now. I mean, I walk like normal, everything. So that's amazing. Father. Well, that's that's good because it would have been a shame to lose. Nah, Meyer. There needs to be a Meets Meyer in the world. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah, I'm glad to be alive. Yeah, well, I'm glad you're alive too. Well, I guess we're getting to the two hour point. So, um, thanks for coming on, man. It was yeah, I so much appreciate you having me on. It means a lot to me, man. Oh no, I look up quite a bit. Oh, thanks. I'm well. I'm just like you know, I I, I see you as another amazing artist i know like a genius amazing i just i'm just and it might seem like i'm going overboard on you but it's like i was a (laughs) fan of yours before i knew you back in the the early days of all this stuff with your videos so it was like you were the guy i would i would show people i'd be like look at this can you believe this and those weird little videos with the guys like the tower the tower of people coming (laughs) out of your your uh coffee table and like so weird so that's great. cool you remember that stuff oh yeah 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 it was like nobody nobody was doing it i remember you know the the biggest thing was that what was that called that that oh, it wasn't bobo was it bobo that that maya short yeah. movie yeah, was that? that was a bimbo or Lam- yeah bingo 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 yeah that was like the closest thing to art that CG was doing. And I still, and your stuff was so much more cool and weird and surreal than that. And more artistic. I thought, you know, it's cool. Yeah. It's, I remember that too. That was crazy. I wonder what happened to him. Yeah. I remember, I remember I was so into it. I had a tape, a demo reel of that toilet training stuff I did for tool before tool started using it. Mm-hmm. Stuff I was just doing for fun. And I remember giving him my tape, you know, <laughs> oh, wow. at like some, some convention or something. It wasn't Seagraph, I don't think, but it was some, one of these, you know, back when vid, big, yeah. big ass videotape. <laughs> <laughs> my reel. <laughs> uh, that's what was my reel was on the big old tape. 
as well. I still yeah. have one. Really? <laughs> yeah, I can't probably can't figure out how to watch it, but <laughs> <laughs> those are the days. Shit. All right. Well, I won't keep you much longer, man. Thank you so much for coming Thank on. You. Appreciate you taking the time. I'll I'm I'm gonna come to your place for sure. I'm, I'm gonna do it. All right. Anyway, thanks for coming on. Don't hang up after, after after we say goodbye. Don't hang up. Um, I forgot to tell you that before the show. So um, let me say my little thing here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, if you want to support the podcast, as always, you get it a day early if you join the Patreon, which is patreon.com slash darkartsociety. And you can join my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash chetzar. And I'm going to be releasing my tool posters there when I get them uh, signed I'm going to sign them at least I don't know if the band has signed them or not but I'm going to be getting some stuff some tool posters so uh, I'm going to offer them to patrons first on my Patreon which is what I do now it wasn't a a big planned out thing where I'm taking advantage of all these tool fans it's just the way I've been running my business for the last couple years people that are willing to pay a certain amount of money to me every month they get the privilege of first releases on everything so it just kind of worked out that way anyway so that's it thank you for listening thanks meets for coming on so let's say goodbye to everybody bye everybody say it goodbye everybody